They're not giving you godly advice. They're not being real with you. The anointing of Jesus. And remember that how in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. If you have a marriage or a family that is not functioning or flowing, if you would, in holy matrimony, it's because you are doubling up on human efforts to try to produce a God outcome. I promise you, any differences you have in that home, if you'd get on your knees and pray about an hour in the Holy Ghost instead of trying to pray to straighten your spouse out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I told God, uh, I said, God, you got to do something with Zona. <laughs> God was in there, Zona probably was in there saying, God, you got to do something with Ronnie. I got in an argument with Zona one time. I don't know why I'm going in this direction. <laughs> I got in an argument with God one time before a Wednesday night service. I'll never forget this. She wanted something that I didn't have the means to produce financially. And, she, and, and I automatically took it upon myself that I got to get this done. But I didn't know how, I didn't see how to do it. In fact, I'll just tell you what it was. It was some tiles she wanted on the floor that cost $10 a square foot back then. That's been many years ago. And I thought, Jesus, I don't have the means. And she, in my lightning flash mind, see, their carnal mind, sense and reasoning, without the influence of the Holy Spirit, I thought, I've got to come up with this. That ain't what she's asking me to do. She was asking me to get in agreement so we could get it. Are y'all following me? But I was arguing because I have a conservative mind. And sometimes a conservative mind means God won't liberally supply. Are you following me? And so I, 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 I'm, we were, just as before Wednesday night service, just a couple of hours before. And I was, <laughs> I, I was upset, and I'm going to preach here on a Wednesday night. I was upset with her. Said you got to do something with her. <laughs> Said I'm I'm over here. I got I'm I'm going to act like I'm spiritual. But see, I was carnal. Right. Are you following me? Some people that act, try to act spiritual are showing their carnality, their fakeness. I'm just throwing that out there. And so what I did, I went in there and. Got ready, and, you know, we weren't talking. Come to the other end of the house, because I'm going to get spiritual. I'm going to get the message ready for everybody else tonight. And I sat down there, and as I'm, and I, I, I it just wouldn't come to me. And the, and the Lord said, Ronnie, you're the head of this house, aren't you? And I said, yeah. I started perking up. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, you know what carnal-mindedness does? Do you know what carnal-mindedness does? Now you're starting to get puffed up. Yes. God is on my side. And I don't mean that from a spiritual standpoint. I got it. God is finally agreeing with me. <laughs> And he, and he said, you're the head of this house, aren't you? Because I had that, what I was going to do is I was opening up. As soon as I opened up my Bible, there fell out on the table the picture of that tile. <laughs> Are you listening? 
And so what I, what I, that's what, and he said, you're the head of this house, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. That's what you said in your word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he said, you know things, if you're the head, that means you're first, isn't it? I said, absolutely. Then you need to be first to apologize. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. <laughs> I went in there and apologized. We flowed in the Holy Spirit. Needless to say, God worked it out to where we could get that tile in our house. Now, you have to understand... I'm talking about $10 a square foot is what they told us they wanted to purchase it. That's not to lay it. That's to purchase it. Today, that'd probably be about $20 to $25 a piece. Some of y'all are my wife. She didn't have to have that. It ain't got nothing to do with what she should or shouldn't have. It's what she desired to have. And God says, if you would... Uh, just delight yourself in the Lord, he would give you the desires of your heart. But see, I thought I had to produce it. Now, she was taking it from a promise, and I'm taking it as, you're going to do this, boy. You follow me? Now, listen carefully. If it is a God promise, then it's going to take God power to perform it. That's the mistake that we make. We look at a God promise, Abram, and try to produce a God promise, and we produce an Ishmael. And then this Ishmael bothers us the rest of our life, and we don't know why. Shout me down because the preaching's so good. It's because we're trying to do something for God. And God says, I don't want you to do anything for me. I just want you to partner with me and do what I tell you that's already anointed or empowered, if you would, to perform what you can't perform by yourself. Amen. The word, uh, the, the anointing, is to remove burdens and destroy yokes. That's in your personal life. And here's the problem. We think that it's only contingent or only operable with inside the four walls of, these, of this building at a certain time of day, at a certain day of the week. When in reality, Jesus came so that we could live this every day. Did you hear what I just said to you? That means at the place of where I work. That means at the grocery store. How many of you ever been, ever read the Bible in the book of Deuteronomy and said you'll be blessed in the basket and blessed in the store? Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, you better get this down because you're going to go to the store and the basket's going to be empty and you're still going to pay. Yes. You understand what we're talking about? There is a place where Jesus paid for where we could live in the flow of the anointing every single day. You can have an anointed marriage. You can have an anointed uh, relationship with your children. Yes. I'm tired of, well, uh, here's carnal thinking, carnal talking, and we have what we say. Yes. I tell you what, they're reaching the age of those teenage rebellious years. Really? You're trying and listening and taking hold of something that the world is trying to deal with, and it doesn't work because you're straddling the fence 
making it a place on Sunday when in reality it's to be your life. Jesus came for you to live his, listen carefully, anointed life. Amen. The word anoint means to rub in. God wants to rub himself in what? What dimension of your life? Your spirit. And when he rubs himself into your spirit, then guess what? It affects your soul and it quickens your mortal body. Amen. Yes. That's what the Bible says. But many times we don't have a comprehension of that because we don't know that we quench the Holy Spirit. You know what the word quench means? You stifle the flow. You stifle it. You're stifling it. You're quenching it. You're stopping it. And you don't know why. You don't know why because we think, and we've had this preconceived idea, that the church is all about coming in and God fixing all of our problems by the wave of a hand. When in reality, he's training you to reign over fallen human nature. Your biggest problem in your life is you. Yes. And we don't want to, we don't want to, see, my problem, it was my problem about trying to satisfy what I thought. And that was not the case. The case was get into agreement with me. I don't know how God's going to do it. See, I'm, I'm one of those thinkers. I think, 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 and sometimes I overthink stuff. How can I get what God promised? And God says, pretty simple. Just do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And if you'll just do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it, my power will produce it. But in reality, if you're like me, you got to, you know, my head's not very big, but it's awful thick. <laughs> Don't look at me strange. <laughs> you follow? And so I'm trying to add a carnal reasoning now, which is sense and reason without the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm over here planning, scheming, how, and I... I, all of my scenarios could not come up with the answer. God says, I don't want you to produce it by yourself. I want to work with you. That's why I in, encourage you when we talk about Christ, that means the anointing of Jesus. Of course, he is the anointed one, we know. But it's his, also his anointing. You're members of the body of Christ. And we have to learn and be teachable how to flow in that power. Why would God have to train you in that? Because if he turns you loose with that kind of power, with carnal reasoning, which is your own thinking, we would probably try to kill each other with it. Are you following me? Going into our prayer closet. God, do something with that woman you gave me. Until you get so full of bitterness that you're saying, God, get rid of the woman you gave me. You think I'm kidding about this? As a pastor for decades, I've seen some stuff operating, people sitting in the chairs in church, and they'll make statements like that. I'll never forget one time there was a woman was praying that her God would kill her husband. And she sat in church and did not discern the difference. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's time to get rid of childish thinking. Go with me to Psalms 133. I kind of had to speed past this uh, and get, go to Psalms 133. Now, when you go into Psalms 133, I want you to remember something. Christ 
is the power of God and the wisdom of God, Corinthians says. Is that right? Colossians says the mystery of the gospel, the mystery, is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now listen carefully what I just said. Your only hope of a glorious outcome in whatever dilemma you're facing is Christ, which is the power of God. And he wants to rub himself in you because he wants it to flow out of you to change the circumstances. God always starts on the inside and works out. He doesn't start on the outside and work in. That's why he told you to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. One translation says, sets the boundaries of the way you're going to live. Okay? Psalms 133, I told you to get there and I haven't gotten there yet. Forgive me, please. But Psalms 133, listen to this. And I want you to pay attention. When you read in the Old Testament, you read in the Old Testament in light of the New Testament because we live in the New Testament. However, there are pictures that he uses in the Old Testament pointing to what he's going to do in the New Testament. Do you understand? They were on the other side of the cross. We're on this side of the cross. And because of that, when you read the Old Testament, I've heard preachers say, well, you do, and there used to be you would just pass out the New Testament and the book of Psalms. You know what I mean? That's what the, but the Old Testament's there for a reason, and you can't blow it off. I've heard preachers say, well, we don't live under that. We, we, are you kidding me? It was there for a purpose. It's a tutor. Are you listening to that? It's a tutor, and you've got to be tutored before you can walk in it. So there's a pattern here in Psalms 133. It's only three verses, so I'll read the whole chapter. <laughs> All right, listen to this. I'll read it out of the King James. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren. Everybody say brethren. Brethren. That includes cistern, too. <laughs> okay? That, that's, that means the brotherhood, if we could. To dwell together in unity. Now, I want you to remember that. Unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. Now, let's stop here just a moment. The first high priest in the order that was set up under the old covenant was Aaron, which was Moses' brother. God gave Moses not only the Ten Commandments those 40 days that he was up in the mountain, but he gave him an order. Everybody say order. order. Now that order is, a, is to be a system. There's an order to the system. And this is going to, we've talked about this for months. There's an order to the system. And when the system's order is defiled, it becomes disorder. Disorder creates chaos, confusion. It's not hard to understand God when you get the mind of God. It's hard to understand God when you're trying to use carnal reasoning. Follow that? And so there was an order to it. And Aaron was the first high priest. And he had to be consecrated and, and anointed. Now, let me give you a parallel so you'll understand. The first high priest really is Jesus the Christ. And the new 
system called the, uh, the, the church or the new creation, the first high priest and only high priest, there won't be another, is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. Can you agree with that? So we begin to see a parallel. He was anointed. Aaron was anointed. Okay? And when he anointed him, Moses had to consecrate and anoint him. When he did, he took a bottle of oil and he pours it on his head. Watch this again. Verse 2. And it's like precious ointment. Precious ointment referring to the Holy Spirit that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garments. What he actually did, Moses, when he anointed him, poured that oil, that precious ointment, costly ointment, upon his head, and it began to flow all the way down his beard to his shoulders, began to soak up into his garments, all the way down to the very tips of his garments. We'll say it another way, all the way down to his feet. Okay? The same anointing that was on the head was on the feet. Are you getting that? It is a picture of the New Testament. We've talked about the fullness of Christ. The church is the fullness of Christ, which is his body. So that means every function of the body has to flow or function in the anointing that's upon the head. Are you listening? How many of you know that your brain is what causes the movement to even the wiggling of your little toe? How many of you ever wiggled your little toe and wasn't even conscious that you wiggled it? Okay. I'm wiggling mine right now. Okay. It's supposed to be that kind of a flow. Everybody say flow. Now I want you to write something down. This is a parallel of the way Jesus has organized the New Testament church. This is God's flow chart. I've had people ask me, well, we need a flow chart in the church. Talking about, you know, leaders and we need a flow chart in the church. I'm giving you one right here. This is the flow chart. And it says it ran all the way down to the very tips of his toes. Now, there's a lot in here that we're not going to be able to discover today, but I just want to say, I want to point this out since I touched on the things first that I hadn't, didn't even have notes on. Let's go back to the family. The family has a flow chart. The marriage has a flow chart. We don't talk about this much because after all, you know, we live in a generation where it's anti-masculinity. Shout me down. And so we, right now, <laughs> have done away with masculinity because it's evil. It's of the devil. What do you think the devil's doing with that? Okay, you cut off the head and the body does nothing but wiggle till it's dead. That's been going on for generations. And it's the attack of the enemy in these last days. So all you that are married men, you better get off of your blessed assurance and start finding out how this thing flows. If you don't, you're going to continue to have strife, bickering, bitterness in your household. And it'll be your 
accountability before God. No, Brother Ronnie, you're trying to blame me. I'm trying to tell you, you haven't understood. You can't come to me or Pastor Zona and us wave some magic prayer over you to straighten out your marriage. I don't live with you, don't want to. <laughs> you got to change. And you better let the Holy Spirit help you to change or you'll never see happiness and joy and righteousness and peace in your household. Amen. Never happen. See, the, the, the problem has been too long. We have a perception of what church is all about. I'm here as a pastor to give you knowledge and understanding of this flow. While I'm doing it, I'm learning the process myself. Because carnal mindedness has obliviated us to have the mind of the anointing and the mind of the anointing. God designed you to always be mindful of his anointing. How many of you need some, uh, how many of you got some kind of miracle that you, you need in your house or, or I'm talking about in your life? Let's just, just put it like that. Now, we don't, we're not going to condense it to one area. Now, how are you going to get it? You know what a miracle is? You can't produce it. And what we've done is we've hitchhiked off of somebody else's anointing. Because they were faithful and God anointed them. We've seen the power that flows through their life. And so we spend most of our time trying to siphon it off of somebody else. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> then, then I've had, <laughs> I've had women go home. To maybe a backslidden husband or backslidden maybe don't even know God, husband, unbeliever. And they'll go home and they'll say, Pastor Ronnie said. <laughs> and then I wonder, the time you did get him to come to church, why there's such this wall between me and him? Hello? What you did is you came to church to get armed so you could, you, you could win the battle at home. And you don't understand, the battle is not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers and mights and dominions. Your enemy's the devil. And he's competing to destroy your life. Listen, you that are viewing my live stream, don't you think I'm going to leave you out? There's a flow to this. Now, every flow chart in any organization also understands if this flow chart is not followed, it creates contention, it hinders that flow and causes chaotic activity in that organization. Okay? That's in churches, that's in homes, that's in businesses. You know, I had, I, I had a business where we had a contract with the city of San Antonio. Four-year contract. And it was, uh, it had to do with doing park maintenance and it'd be you'd be amazed how many acres the city of San Antonio has in parks and uh, I, I got this contract and I think God was just trying to prove to me that he can do anything he wants to, to to the way I wound up with it that's a long story within itself but at one point we were mowing 350 acres every two weeks of parks. We even, how many of you ever heard of the botanical gardens? Oh, yeah. 
Do you know that we had botanical gardens for four years? We mowed it. And that was every week. And I had up to 14 men working with me. Now, most of these guys were not necessarily Christian. Do you get my drift? Now, this is hard physical labor. You, you follow me? You, you, you worked. And this is what we would do. I'd have them meet me every morning in the church parking lot. We're going to leave from here. Now, you got to understand, some of these just almost heathen, if not heathen. <laughs> we met in the church parking lot and said, before we go, we're going to stand in a circle. And they got, as we started this, kind of looking strange at us because they ain't never had a job like this. We stand in a circle, and we got to where those guys that hold our hands. Now, they didn't start off like that. And we would pray until they got to, to the point that they would say, Pastor Ronnie, they started calling me pastor. <laughs> Pastor Ronnie, we ain't prayed before we go. We need to pray. Are you following me? Now, even though they didn't understand the anointing because they <coughs> fell under the authority and the flow of it. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? Yes. Because when you go, you go to try to do this at home, that at first it is going to be foreign. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and this is what I got to Half of them started showing up to church. They had no clue as to what was going on. No clue. Most of them had records of some kind. Most of it was, you know, probably drunk and stuff like that. And they got to where that they would do that every morning. Even if I couldn't be here, because sometimes I had to be separated. They wouldn't let my crew leaders leave until we prayed. And you know what I found out? Those guys, because they fell under the authority of it and followed the authority of that flow, began to work like two men. And it began to produce something that was beyond what they'd ever experienced. In fact, I, started, I got up here and I said, listen, I've, God helps us to work like we're two or three men. Do you know that that follows the pattern in the Old Testament when he's trying to teach them about the anointing? It's not hard for God to say by many or by few. Go look at it. You'll find out that Jonathan and his armor bearer that fell under the anointing that flowed from Jonathan on down to his armor bearer went and they, I mean, they whipped three or four, uh, I mean, they worked, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like 10 or 12 men, two men in battle, and they only had one sword between them. Defeated. A garrison. And everybody looks at Samson. I think Samson was this guy that worked out all the time. Hello, listen to me. Well, we look like a Samson. No, Samson didn't look like that. You follow me? The anointing came on him. And when the anointing came on him, he was able to do feats that were beyond his human ability. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's what God wants in the church in the last days. Look at this, and I'm going to, I wanted to go to some other places, but I may just quote them. And he says the anointing is going to go down to his very toes. 
So even if you're a little toe in the body of Christ, you're going to be able to wiggle that in an ability you couldn't wiggle with by yourself. Okay? As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, well, watch this, watch this. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. Where did God command the blessing? He commanded it on the flow of the anointing. When he talks about unity, he's talking about each member unifying with the anointing that is upon them. It doesn't mean every member is going to be doing the same thing. For years, I've had preachers say, we, we want to have a unity service, a unity service. And that means that if you're not here publicly, then you're not in unity. You've got to be kidding me. There is so much going on to what God wants to do and so many burdens that need to be removed and yokes that be, need to be destroyed that we all can't be at the same place at the same time doing the same thing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about flowing with the anointing. That's what he's talking about. Now, to do so, there has to be a vision about that anointing. When there's no vision, the people perish. There has to be a vision. You have to catch a vision of this. Too long, we think just the guy that stands up here is supposed to be the anointed one. When in reality, the person that stands up here is to train you how to flow in that flow chart. Now, there are things that hinder this. That's why he says, quench not the Holy Spirit. You can quench it. You can stop it. And we don't even know it. In the last days, God's looking for a group of people that will learn how to flow with his anointing. Amen. Did you know in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 30, just write it down for time's sake. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Grieve not. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? What does grieve mean here? Think about this. Grieving means to offend or to throw into sorrow. To affect with sadness. Okay? Grieve not the Holy Spirit. And yet, because we've not understood this for probably the last number of years, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just telling you this is a different time period. Please do not think it. We're going back to the same old, same old. We're not going back. We even got to where we made everything that goes on in this auditorium, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely talking to you as Omega, but I'm also talking to do the body of Christ as a whole. We do things that are trendy. We just want to be trendy. But I'm going to tell you what trendy does. It keeps you burdened and yoked because it's not the trend that removes the burden and destroys the yoke. So we're trendy. So we start opening up our auditoriums where you can come in here and, you know, we're going to have a snack. How about passing out the popcorn? We got to have our coffee. Well, if your coffee's doing so good to deliver you, why can't you do that on Sunday morning at home then? You don't even have to show up if your coffee's going to do it. I told you I was going to say some things. Jesus, help me. 
And so our carpets are stained with coffee, and we're more interested in how come there ain't coffee in the lobby anymore? Got to have my coffee. Well, what about you got to have the anointing? And so we've made, our order, we've made our church services more like an entertainment center yes. to like if you go to a movie house. We got to have our popcorn, got to have our soda, maybe a candy bar. Then we start leaving it on the floor. Hello. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> then we want to know why we don't have the flow of the anointing. Because we don't understand it. And we grieve the Holy Spirit. It is no different, listen carefully, than the Pharisees and the spiritual leaders that allowed the selling of doves that Jesus went and overturned their tables. If you want to know what's been going on the last two years, God is overturning the table. Now, I'm not against coffee. I have a couple of cups of coffee in the morning. Okay? I'm not against you having breakfast. But there are some times that maybe God wants you to do without it. <gasps> I can't! <laughs> do you know why you can't? Do you know why physically you can't? Because you're still sick. Why are you still sick? Because we don't have the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God in our midst. Jesus was anointed who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It is possible to be healed of diabetes. Yes. But no, we got to come to church and make you feel comfortable about remaining with that stuff. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling you that God has, has, has taken me to another level. And help me understand, Ronnie, your flow chart is to flow with the anointing. And quit trying to do your own thing and trying to get me to bless it because I ain't going to do it. Amen. I want to throw a little something else out there besides food. And this is going to apply to all those that are involved in the ministry of help. Sometimes the ministry of help ain't help at all. It's a hindrance. Because we're roaming the halls, going from here to here, griping and murmuring and complaining, releasing negativity out in the atmosphere while we're supposed to be operating in the anointing. And we go from this person to this person telling about how bad this is or how, well, you know, and, and we get into gossip. And then you want to know why the anointing doesn't flow? Because you're butting your nose where it doesn't belong. Amen. And God ain't going to put up with that forever. And if you don't think that God can't extinguish a church, then you have not read the first few chapters of the book of Revelation. Because God says, if you don't straighten this out, I'm going to put your candle out. There won't be no anointing. I'm just saying that we got to understand there are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Playing with your phone when you should be listening is another thing. And then you want to know why? Why didn't the anointing move? I needed help. I needed help. Get off your stupid phone. You're listening to everybody else's opinion. Think that I'm supposed to entertain you. I'm not here to entertain you. That's not what God set up his system for. His system is so there would be a flow of this power. And this power is what's going to remove the burden and destroy the yoke. It's not just human fellowship. Do you understand what I'm just saying to you? Amen. We've made ourselves fellowship. Fellowship 
oriented, but our fellowship is carnality. God didn't influence anything we discussed, anything we did. There was nothing about learning how to flow with his anointing. Now, don't misunderstand me. I like to play with my grandkids, and I do. But what, I, what you need to understand is you need to be able to flow in the anointing while you're playing with your grandkids. Let me give you this last thing because I, I know y'all have been, some of y'all praying I quit. <laughs> I know that live stream is a little nervous right now. How you come in here is very important. The Bible says, enter into this book of Psalms to his courts with thanksgiving. Enter in with thanksgiving and praise. Do you know that most Christians don't go to church at all with any thanksgiving or praise? They come in burdened. Anxiety on their minds. They're not thinking about God. They're thinking about their problem. And God says, when you come into my presence, I want you to enter in with thanksgiving and praise. You follow? That is setting the platform by which the flow of the anointing moves. Are, are you understanding? I, I'm, I really am not upset with you because this is corrective on all of our parts. You can't be, listen, you can't be driving to church and have a knockdown drag out with everybody in your family and step in here. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it becomes phony and fake. Now, don't stay home. Don't stay home because you had a knockdown drag out. But if you'll learn to practice praising God in your everyday life. Yes, you've got problems. I got problems. Ain't a person in the sound of my voice don't have a problem. If you don't have a problem, stick around here long enough and we'll give you some. Okay? Everybody's got a problem. Okay? So don't stay home on account of that, but learn how to, how to be thankful at the same time. You've got stuff to be thankful for. You're still here. you got breath in your lungs. You can, you, you, you're able to get here or you wouldn't be here. You follow? Start thanking God for what you can thank God for. Look at whatever. What, what, you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, I, you just don't know how bad I got it. And you don't know what kind of headaches you have given me either. <laughs> Learn to praise God. Yes. Learn to praise God. My job is to, my, this is my calling, is to help you to learn how to flow in that anointing. Now, I got to close with this. God helped me to see something in my own prayer life. And you need to have a prayer life other than emergency purposes. That he wants to perfect this flow in the body of Christ to where people can get touched that don't know Jesus or don't know very much about this in the parking lot before they ever get in the building. People driving down uh, Roosevelt here would all of a sudden drive in here and they don't know why they drove in here. And then the person that's in the parking lot just trying to, you know, help a, 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 parking cars, which we call, a, you know, menial tasks. No, we want to do everything with Christ. They don't know why they drove up in here. 
They drove up in here and they got major problems that they don't know what to do with, but you have the power of God to flow through you and touch them. I've seen this happen a few times, but it hadn't been consistent. And God says, I'm bringing consistency back to the body of Christ. We had, a, we had a, two ushers. It was after the close of a service in the evening. We used to have sun, a Saturday night service. I think this was on a Saturday night. And a guy was driving down the road arguing with his, with his live-in. She's trying to get out of the car. And they drove right in, while he's driving. They drove right into the parking lot because she opened the door and was going to get out. One of the parking lot attendants saw it, went over there to assist them. Now, you ain't got time to call the police and get them here to intervene. Do you all understand? Now, don't misunderstand me. Thank God for police officers. But half the time, they can't make it while the incident's happening. And the guy intervened and would not let that man, he, while they were, while she, he was getting out of the car to go after her, the usher went over there and got the keys. He was re- ready to beat her up. Got the keys, he seen that that intervened, and he kept trying to uh, uh, drive off, and he said, I'm not going to let you drive off. You're not, you're, you're not going to do this to her. And he stood between him and her. And finally, he, he said, you're going to leave, but you ain't going to leave with her. And he gave him the keys back, and he, he kept her there. Now, about that time, after he drove off, the police showed up. Do you know that he could have saved her life? That was a Holy Ghost intervention. I'm just telling you that sometimes we've allowed the devil and our carnal, childish thinking to think this is a game. And it's not. This is the way we're supposed to live. The world's in a mess, and the church is playing games. The very ones that God wants to give the answers through, and the church has not understood the flow. It's going to take the power of God for this generation. But that power has to be demonstrated. And to be demonstrated, we've got to learn to flow in it and get rid of, listen carefully, childish behavior and attitudes. Now, what does that mean? That means sometimes I got to put away childish things. I can't pick up my marbles and go home when things don't go my way all the time. Or stand uh, or, and complain because my team leader asked me to do something I don't want to do. And give contention. Listen, let me tell you what happens. I'm going to tell you what happens. God will wink. That means he'll close his eyes to that for a little while. After a while, he said, if you keep that contention and that strife going, I'll cast out the scorner. That's what he says. You can look at this up in Proverbs. He says, if you want strife to con- and contention to cease, cast out the scorner. You know who a scorner is? The guy that's always button. Nah, I know Pastor Ronnie said this, but. I am not the head, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm the head. Jesus is the head of the church. I am an under-shepherd. Do you know what that means? That means what I hear, I got to preach and teach even if I don't like it. 
to help you to learn how to flow in this chart. Hallelujah. Y'all still love Jesus. Y'all loving Jesus, right? Right? <laughs> because you got problems, I got problems that our human ability cannot deal with. And it's going to take the anointing. I'm going to stop right there. I had a lot of other places to go, but I'm going to stop right there. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes a minute. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. All right. Now, if you have a burden and a yoke that needs to be destroyed, because God's training us in this, you've got something you can't deal with. You're just, it's just beyond your human ability. I want you to get out of your seat and come down here to the front very quickly. If that's you that are viewing by live stream, if you can stand up, stand up right where you're at. If you're sick, you can't get up, then at least raise your hand, something. Do something right now to acknowledge. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Now, God's going to do this to seal this in your own heart. In other words, he's going, he's going to prove it to you. Glory to God. Now, look, look at me just a minute because I want to make sure you hear me and, and I, want to, I want to look at you. Because this is not Ronnie Allen. Please, if, you, if you're thinking this is Ronnie Allen, you're missing the boat. God's going to do this in a very short period of time. I'm going to pray that you have the perception, the understanding to pick up on it. He's not doing it right now because you got so much faith or I have so much faith. There is called the gift of faith, which is for a special moment to seal something in somebody's life. Follow what I'm saying? This, the, the gift of faith is upon me right now. So when I pray, God's going to do something and turn the situation. But then you have to pick up on it and learn how to flow in the anointing. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is important. It's to prove to you and to seal this message in you. That's what this is about. So look, lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, I thank you right now. I pray the prayer of faith. And I say in the name of Jesus, every burden, every yoke that is represented right here, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that situation bows down to the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus, this burden will be lifted and this yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you will do a work so that it will be a seal upon this message in the name of Jesus so that we can be trained and to develop in the flow of this anointing. Father, if there's correction, we'll take it. If there is a different direction, we'll take it. We thank you, Father, right now. We thank you that there is a, a, a correction that's going to come of the situation as we hear your voice in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you there'll be a sensitivity to what you're saying. 
that we won't blow this off in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And Lord, we'll pick up as you teach us, train us how to flow with the anointing. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. I say in the name of Jesus. This is sealed. And we thank you, Father, for a work that will be notable in our spirit. Glory be to God. You that are viewing by live stream right now because you lifted your hands or you stood on your feet, God's talking to you. His presence is right there. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you right now that these burdens are being removed and these yokes are being destroyed. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just give him, a, just, just praise him a minute. You that are in the auditorium, would you just stand with me right where you're at, please? And let's just worship the Lord for the last 60 seconds or so. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. You're holy, you're just, and you're true. None of this is the work of man. It's the work of your spirit. Lord, we thank you right now. We're not mere men and women as we grow into maturity. We move out of our childishness and we move over into the maturity of Jesus, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to make an announcement to you, to you before I tell you to be dismissed. I want to encourage you. If you can't be here, now the first and foremost thing is to be here, if you can be here. Okay? Make it priority. The second, if for some reason you couldn't be here, you need to stay with it. Now, here's what I mean. View it by live stream if you can't be here or go to the podcast. But it's understanding this is line upon line, layer upon layer, precept upon precept. You can't skip for three, three weeks and be to where you need to be when we come together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Because this is line upon line. This is a training session. God's looking for a Gideon's 300. He ain't looking for the crowds right now. Until Gideon's 300 is together, will the crowds show up? Right. You follow? And so it's line upon line. This is, you can't afford to miss this and still understand. You'll be lost. you say, well, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's because you're not understanding that it's a layer after layer. This is not a one-time thing and then it's all done. You know, that's not the way. You, if you're going to eat one day and then never eat again? Okay. This is maturity. And it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Second thing, if you want to be water baptized, we're going to have water baptism the Sunday after. The It'll be the 24th. I need you to go to the table in the lobby there, the red table. Let them know you want to be water baptized. That's the next step if you haven't taken it. You need to take the next step. Okay? Glory to God. Now, Father, I thank you right now as we leave this place. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your grace surrounds us like a shield follows us wherever we go. And we hear your voice. Say, I hear his voice. Hear his voice. And the voice of another, voice I won't follow. Father, we thank you right now. You've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name of Jesus to invoke, which we do right now. Say, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. there'll be no tragedy, no tragedy. Named, among us. named among us. 
Father, we give you the praise and thanksgiving that you fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives, your love will ooze out of us as we touch people. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.